if we're really able to create personalized experience that are retaining customers at an higher rate and customers are coming back every single day because they like what they are experiencing in your product, you're probably doing something right. That's Mario D'Agostino, the VP of Product and Product Analytics at FanDuel. He's got a crazy impressive stack leveraging real-time data and probability algorithms to personalize the user experience. And he's growing existing users and creating lasting new customers by putting this all together. Probably when we look at email and push notification, it's already too late. Your customers are doing something else. They're probably watching the game on TV. They're probably reading a book. You want to interact with them when they are solely focused on your app, where they are living and breathing your product. So I think in the future, we will see more real-time CRM and retention campaigns. But of course, we need the right technology stack to enable these type of activities. Today, Mario is going to share his top strategies and tools for collecting and putting data to work. As well, he's going to share his approach to investing in the right customers. Plus, I got him to actually speak right before the Super Bowl, and he gave us all of the insider view into how FanDuel prepped for the biggest event of the year. I mean, they're one of the top betting platforms in the world. They're actually number one in the United States, and what they've been doing to grow is effing crazy. Hey, this is Dan. I'm the CEO of the leading tech stack agency, Magal. Each week, I get to speak to executives and find out the strategies and tools they're using to drive revenue. So let's jump into this conversation with Mario. It was super awesome. My name is Mario D'Agostino, Vice President of Product and Product Analytics for FanDuel. I look after the marketing technology stack, spent a lot of time working on CRM, automation, when you think about your role, like you had mentioned, you focus a lot on MarTech and CRM, but you're doing product analytics as well. I guess, like, I'm interested to in understand your role. Like, how does product, product analytics, and like CRM all overlap? Because usually that's marketing, right? In CRM. Yeah, I think it was an interesting one. Before moving into product, I was responsible for all marketing and marketing retention. So I was the one designing and selecting all the marketing technology uh, vendors. And when I moved into product, I decided to be the guy building the marketing technology stack for marketing. So that's why we combined marketing technology into product to better understand the needs of marketing, of customers, and the product itself. Help me better understand FanDuel itself and then like what FanDuel does as a business. FanDuel is the biggest online real money gaming company in the US. And we're also the biggest sportsbook app in the country with more than 40% market share. So we have 14 million customers active on our database. We're available in more than 48 states. And we have four different products that we serve to our customers, sports betting, online casino, daily fantasy sports, and horse racing. When you think about the future, I mean, what are some of the big goals that you're focused on, like as a company and as well as in your role? What are your big goals? I'm really excited to be part of FanDuel. In the last three years, we've grown our company by 10x from a revenue perspective. And in the next five, six years, we believe that there's another organic growth of 4.5x just by opening and launching the new state. As I mentioned before, FanDuel is already the number one sports book in North America, and we have a massive market share. So realistically, ahead of us, we have an opportunity to 
grow our business by 4.5x in terms of revenue and customer base. So I think the strategy for me is, okay, how do we move from a chaotic growth, a moment of chaotic growth, when I look at the previous three years, and we shift into a place where we want to be a little bit more efficient and we want to focus on a sustainable growth. So I think that's what I've seen, you know, also with other marketing technology leaders. So how do we then shift into a place, into a strategy that is more sustainable in the long run? Sustainability is great. I mean, as you grow, but I guess what are the pillars there? So the pillars is basically grow and acquire new customers. So build your customer base, retain your customers, and then personalize the experience around customer needs. So basically these three big pillars, they're equally important. They're completely different. I think there's a good synergy of marketing goals, product goals, analytics goals that can really play a role in each of the three pillars. We have acquisition, right? So like you're growing in all of these different states and you already have 14 million users on the platform. You've got to kind of understand like who a successful user is going to be compared to maybe a non-successful user. I guess like how do you manage your acquisitions by channels so that way you're attracting valuable users to the platform? Look, FanDuel is spending a lot of money in media and acquisition. We're probably leveraging all the possible marketing channels and platform for acquiring new customers we will be acquiring millions of customers in the upcoming months. Something that the team came up recently is a pretty interesting integration between Segment and Apps Flyer. This integration is allowing us to use the LTV projection, so the lifetime value projection. So try to understand exactly how much you're worth for my business. And uh, in real time, we can adjust the level of investment, what we call CPA, cost per acquisition, in real time. In this way, if we are able to spot an high-value customer or a whale, we can go and really size the investment accordingly. So we can go and try to invest a little bit more, something I mean, probably the double of our average CPA. And in this way, we can really be a lot more efficient in the way we are acquiring new users. Previously, we spoke about sustainability and sustainable growth. I think this is a great example of how you can do more with less. Yeah, I mean, when you can actually like target a customer based upon the fact they're going to be a higher lifetime value and be able to see that and then be able to increase the spend to get them, that's amazing. So somebody sees FanDuel, I guess the acquisition model, they see you, there's a lot of branding. I'm going to assume there's digital ads. So like they search FanDuel, there's going to be PPC. But I guess like what is the experience and like what's the stack supporting that? So when a customer comes to the website and they then become a customer, like and they're going through your signup flow and they're going through all that, you've got to be nurturing them, personalizing things to them. I mean, help me understand like what is the user experience and then like what's the stack behind that? That's probably our secret sauce. So I think uh, <laughs> we spent a lot of time working on uh, on building our CDP and we have a great partnership in place with Segment. So we finally have a single customer view that can enable marketing and product to build new customer journeys. So once we build that CDP with Segment, we can then orchestrate marketing campaigns across the different channels. So we have connected segment to pretty much all the different marketing channels. We also have another vendor that is helping us running customer engagement marketing campaigns, which is Braze. 
And then of course we have massive investment in social media. So we have also connected segment to Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. So that's pretty much how we tend to activate new customers. We're using Amplitude for really give a visualization of the conversion funnel so that marketing and product team can go and look if there is any gap or opportunity in the conversion funnel. And if there is an opportunity, we can easily spin off, you know, an A-B test with Amplitude and try to improve the conversion funnel at any point during the funnel. So there is a lot there, but the team is really focused on conversion. And uh, with the combination of these three big players, segment, Amplitude, Embrace, we try to make the magic happen. Now, it sounds like, so you have this customer that comes to your website, your mobile app, and then you're ingesting the data via segment. Segment is enabling you, whether that be through segment engage, personas, to then, of course, build cohorts and then move that data around, right? And then sometimes those cohorts are being sent to Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, where you're, you're activating that from like an advertising perspective. And then it sounds like from like the text message, maybe push notifications and emails, you're doing that mainly through Braze. And then I'm curious, like, when you think about like one thing that we talk a lot about with customers is like we're always measuring the activity that we we have the customer do to us, right? So they came to our website, they clicked a button. But most companies, when they think about their larger data set, they don't really think about the actions they do to the customer. So like when Braze is sending out messages, push notifications, like are you getting that data sent back into segment and then back into amplitude and then measuring basically all the activities, both what you do and what they do? Yeah, absolutely. There is a connector, I think it's called Currents, that is connecting Braze to Segment. So we are sending all this data back into Segment so that we can spin off a new campaign based on customer interaction. And I think that's where we are really investing, you know, most of our strategy, which is more in real-time data and real-time engagement. So we believe that if we are able to drive engagement while the customer is using your product, we see extremely great results in terms of conversion, engagement, retention, and loyalty. So probably when we look at email and push notification, it's already too late. Your customers are doing something else. They're probably watching, you know, the game on TV. They're probably reading a book. You want to interact with them when they are solely focused on your app, where they are living and breathing your product. So I think in the future, we will see more real-time CRM and retention campaigns. But of course, we need the right technology stack to enable these type of activities. Now, I'm curious in the real-time interaction in the app, right? Like that's pretty hard. Like you can send a push notification like while somebody's using the app and that can help like if it get processed fast enough. But like truly having engagement that's coming from inside the app, what tools are you using to do that? Is that something that Braze is helping you with? Is that something y'all are custom building? Yeah, I think Braze as a pretty powerful functionality called Brace Content Cards. Brace Content Cards give you the ability to personalize your in-app experience, your homepage with dynamic content that comes from Brace. So if you're able to bring all this data from your data warehouse and apps into segment, and then you can activate this data in Brace, all of a sudden you're personalizing your in-app experience with Brace. So I think that's something where that gets the team really, really excited because we can prove the value of personalization without investing a lot of money in personalization. 
And I think if we prove the value of personalization with basic elementary almost use cases, we can then start going into, okay, let's try UI or building models that are more real-time centric. So I think it's definitely an interesting space, uh, especially for personalization. You talked about personalization, right? But I think the interesting part of it is like you're doing real-time automation. You're, you're impacting the user's experience while they're still in the experience, which like is amazing marketing. Most companies can barely send an email 24 hours after I purchase something, right? So, but in Braze, you're using these content cards to really impact that user's experience. So that's great personalization. And, you know, I think when I'm interested in hearing about personalization, I, I wonder always the metrics that people are tracking. What are the KPIs are using? And retention, of course, is a big part of that. But like, I guess like, how are you measuring the effectiveness of personalization? I love what Amplitude is doing with, uh, you know, North Star, the concept of North Star. So we spent a lot of time with our analytics team to think about, okay, what success is going to look like for FanDuel if we make this right? One of the metrics that we like to uh, focus on is average player days. We call it APDs, average player days, because we believe that if we build the right products for the right customers, these will definitely drive engagement, which is equal to, okay, customers spending more time into your product. So if we're really able to create personalized experience that are retaining customers at an higher rate and customers are coming back every single day because they like what they are experiencing in your product, you're probably doing something right. I want to hold up for a minute and talk about how cool this real-time personalization is. Real-time personalization allows for the tailoring of your content and messaging, so that way the user sees it based upon their behavior, preferences, or other kind of contextual data. There are some great tools that make this possible, and the one that we talked about today is Braze and their content cards. Mario just spoke about that, and they seem pretty dope. Braze content cards allow marketers to deliver personalized content to the user at the moment they're engaging with the FanDuel mobile app. This is super effective because it delivers a relevant message to the user when they're most likely to see it. Like if you send me an email while I'm using your mobile app, there's a high probability that I won't see it. And these content cards get it right in front of me while I'm in the app and are able to really change my path. A great example of this other than FanDuel would be the real-time personalization that Venmo is using by using the Braze content cards as well. They tailor their messaging based upon the spending habits of the user. So as an example, if I'm a high spender, which I am, they offer me a credit card with a lot of rewards and perks. Or maybe I'm a low spender, like my 18-year-old, then they're going to offer me a completely different service that fits me. And FanDuel is doing this exact same thing using Braze content cards as well. And it's super, super popular for customers that have Braze and the mobile app. Let's face it though, we're bombarded with messages 24-7 in all kinds of different channels. And all of us have developed superpowers to tune these things out. But when you're getting a real-time personalized message that pops up while you're using an app and it is actually helpful, it does cut through a lot of this noise. So if you're ready to take your marketing game to the next level, I highly recommend checking out how tools like Braze can help you work this into your stack. Just shoot me an email, dan at magal.io, and I'll get you connected to somebody over there and I can kind of advise you on how to best work with them. All right, let's get back to Mario and learn how they prepped for the Super Bowl. Remember, this interview was before the Chiefs took the championship. So a ton of insider views. We had to wait until a later date to share. 
you talked earlier about have 14 million users. So like that's a lot of data. That's a lot of real-time data. So you've got to be putting a bunch of stress on these systems. But you're also headed into the Super Bowl weekend, right? Like how do you prepare for that? And like what are you doing for Super Bowl? Because that's 200 million people watching the TV all at one time. That's going to be an immense amount of traffic for you. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. But I know the team is working hard and we went through a lot of preparation. So we really try to stress heavily, to stress test both segment, brace and uh, other internal platforms. So we, we really tried volumes that are 5, 10x bigger than what we are expecting for Super Bowl. So I think there is a lot of preparation work that probably starts, you know, in uh, two, three months before the main event. Of course, we do, we're doing a code freeze, so we want to make sure that we are not releasing anything. We are not touching configuration of the marketing technology <laughs> stack. And then you're right, this, this weekend is going to be massive for FanDuel. So it's going to be the biggest gaming event, gambling event for the US. We are going to be on national TV. We bought one spot for, for Super Bowl. And we actually have a partnership with Gronkowski is in our campaign, the kick of destiny. So during the game, Gronkowski will try to, to hit a, a kick goal, a field goal, sorry. If he score, we're going to credit in real time, $10 million to all FanDuel customers. So these are a lot of transactions all in real time. So we are stressing heavily our systems, but we feel really, really good about the engagement that this company is driving. And uh, we are really excited to be there ready for our customers. Well, I'm curious, like, how do you actually stress test against this? Like, are you, like, I've done stress testing before by hiring another company and they send a bunch of IP requests. Like, is that what you're doing or is there some other way you're stress testing the system? Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. So we're doing a lot of IP requests. We are fulfilling offers in a slightly different environment that has exactly the same production configuration. So we really try to mimic exactly what next Sunday is going to look like, but with a 5x scale. So it's a pretty funny exercise, but if something goes wrong during the, the revolution, of course, there is more work for our tech and engineering team to get done before Super Bowl. But I, again, this guy know what they're doing and uh, I'm, I'm really proud to have such a great technology partners on my side. Now, is this like something where you call the CEO of Segment and be like, hey, just want to make sure that you're aware we're about to blow up your servers. Are you guys ready? Is this how this goes down? <laughs> That's exactly it. You call Brace, <laughs> you call Segment and say, hey guys, this is going to be big. And then, uh, of course, the teams are great also over there. So we have built some connection between the two technology teams. So if something goes wrong on the day, the two teams are ready to jump on but they've been great partners. And uh, again, also last year, Super Bowl was 10x bigger than a regular NFN Sunday. So we were managed to scale from zero to 10 easily. We are doing exactly the same thing next weekend. But of course, the starting point and the level is a little bit higher. So uh, it's going to be a fun exercise, especially if you're a tech nerd like me. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> like I literally want to come like watch your dashboards go <laughs> off the charts. Like to me, that seems like it would be absolutely amazing. So I'm curious, like when you think about, like, let's just talk about Braze as an example. What are the interesting things that your team is doing with Super Bowl Sunday? Like, are there any, you got Gronkowski, right? Like one of the, the coolest guys out there when it comes down to the NFL. He's doing a campaign, but I guess like, 
are you leveraging Braze to do personalization in the app? And then as well as like, you're hitting everybody with these campaigns. Like how does Braze improve that experience on NFL Super Bowl to really make it so that like it, it gets those users to stick? Like, is there anything cool you're doing there? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot going on there, actually. We spoke about personalization. To me, there is also one aspect of personalization, which is generosity personalization. So at FanDuel, we work on hundreds of different segmentations. So customers have a different value for FanDuel, and we want to give them the right level of generosity. So there are probably customers that deserve more money in bonus because they play more than others. So with the combination of segment and brace, we are able to segment our offers at a customer level. So we run models that and try to predict your value. We then also try to, to work on the probability of you placing a bet on the Super Bowl. And if the probability is low, you probably need a nudge. And probably this <laughs> nudge is a, is a bonus. And then we look into the right amount of bonus that you deserve based on your lifetime value. Because of course, the goal is to run a campaign that is profitable. So we don't want to overinvest if your LTV is not particularly great. So we usually invest 20% of revenue back to our customers to make sure this 20% will help us retaining these customers at an higher retention rate. In terms of something cool, we, with Braze, we're also creating dynamic audiences. So if you're placing a bet on a certain player to score a touchdown, we're able to create an audience in real time in Braze, and then we can send a push notification out if this player actually scored the touchdown. Oh, wow. And maybe say, look, you actually won because this player scored. Congratulations. That now you can do something else with your balance. I'm really enjoying the the great opportunity that both Segment and Braze are providing us from a real-time standpoint. So uh, it's a really fun job. I love it, man. No, it sounds like you love it as well. I think it's exciting to see the way that you're able to take real-time actions in the real world and then give that as a push notification based upon automation you have in Braze. You had mentioned some probabilities, right? So like when we think about the probabilities or predictions of people doing that, you know, that's not exactly something I typically hear being done in a braze or a segment. A lot of times I'm hearing that being done in a in a separate product, whether that be some sort of Python or anything like that. Are you building all those probabilities and predictions internally? Is there a product that's helping you manage those audiences and predictions? Absolutely. I like to describe, you know, Dan, I like to describe FanDuel as a, sports and data technology company. So we have a team of, of data scientists that are building all these models. And of course you cannot build these models in, in brace or segment. So we're using a combination of different platforms. Sometimes we run these models every day and we push the outcome into the data warehouse. And then from the data warehouse, of course, there's a pipeline into segment and then we can make connection in the different destination, brace, Facebook, and everything else. But we also, you know, love to be a little bit scrappy. So we try to build small models and then we use a tool that is called Knime, K-N-I-M-E, that is feeding these data, these outcomes back into segment. And then from segment, we can create a bunch of different marketing campaigns based on analytical data. Now, is Nime going to manage those predictions in real time during the Super Bowl, right? Because like that's a lot of load. 
Or is that something that you are doing beforehand, have built in the probabilities like the morning of, or maybe every four hours? Like, or is that also done in real time? That, that's exactly. To me, I love NIME. I've been using NIME for more than 10 years. As I told you, I studied computer engineering and my thesis was in AI. And the tool I was using for AI was, was NIME. Back in the days, AI for me was try to identify pattern recognition and say, okay, I think the application was about an antivirus. So I was trying to understand based on the traffic, if the traffic was malicious or not, which was a pretty fun exercise. And that was using NIME. And then I've been using NIME since then in everything I'm doing. So with NIME, unfortunately, we cannot accomplish a lot of real-time data because NIME is able to read data from the data warehouse and a bunch of different sources. So we don't have real-time data going into NIME. That's probably the only limitation. But every time I try to describe NIME, to me, NIME is the precursor of reverse CTL. So when I think of reverse CTL, I say, okay, this is actually what I was doing 10 years ago with NIME. Because you <laughs> can, with, with NIME, you can read from the data warehouse. You can do a lot of manipulation, data mining. You can create models. And then when you get the outcome, you can push the outcome to whatever you want. So you can use the segment API and create a pipeline into segment. And then segment can use this information for activating data and audiences, embrace amplitude and whatever you want. I actually have a, actually have a fun story about Nime because one of my best friends is using Nime for booking restaurants on open table. So, you know, there are a bunch of restaurants, especially in LA, that are always fully booked. So with Nime, he built some logic that is able to see the, the restaurants he likes that are available and is able to make the reservation from Nime. <laughs> and then <laughs> Nime will send an email to his, his Gmail account saying, okay, you're actually having a night booked next week at this beautiful restaurant. Oh, that's hysterical. I love it when people like build things to just help themselves personally in the MarTech <laughs> space. Like I always love that stuff. It's like a, a qualification we look at for our team members when we go to hire them. Like, what did you do this past weekend that was nerdy? And they're like, oh, I built a rack server and I did all this stuff. I'm like, you're going to be perfect here. So I totally understand that. Okay, I want to break in here and talk just about how cool Nime is. Now, Nime, it's spelled K-N-I-M-E, but it's pronounced Nime. And how awesome is this by using probability scoring to really be able to engage your users? Now, let me tell you about a recent project I did at Magaw, which does something similar to this, but is a little bit more complicated than using Nime. What we did was is we used data science and probability scoring, just like Nime has, to create a health score for one of our clients. Our client was a large SaaS company in the restaurant venue management space, and they have a global customer base. They needed to build a health score for their customers to make sure that they were in a good spot with the platform or maybe at risk of churning. To accomplish this, we leveraged Fivetran to ETL all the data out of Salesforce, Gainsight, Tango, and their product usage data, and we loaded that into a warehouse. We did a nice ETL process. We then wrote some Python in a Jupyter Notebook, which is ultimately a good place to write Python and do modeling, and we used a random forest model to build our probability. This gave us the probability if the customer was likely 
to churn or likely to retain. And then we fed that directly back into products like Looker and used a reverse ETL to load that score into Gainsight, Salesforce, and to Tango as well. What this did was provided them a probability score on a score from zero to 100 that the customer was likely to be retained or whether they were likely to churn. So if you were a customer and you had a score of 50, customer success would be reaching out to that customer and trying to make sure that they were taking advantage of the platform or having a good experience. If the customer was getting a 95 or something really high, hey, they were in a good spot. Customer success did not need to prioritize that person. Now, this is the same process being done using NIME for Mario and FanDuel. Their model is a little bit different by using NIME and also on a much larger scale. So something that was really important to build. So NIME is basically one of the precursors, though, to something I would talk a lot about, which is called reverse ETL. Simply, what NIME is doing is able to build a data model, what's going on in the warehouse, and then is loading that model into another product. I highly recommend that you learn more about reverse ETL. This is kind of like the cheddar before NIME was around. NIME makes this easier for you because it will do most of this reverse ETL into other tools. But for most companies, NIME is a little expensive. And if you're able to build a custom probability model or any type of data science and then use reverse ETL to load that score into another product, that's going to make it so you can truly activate that data. And reverse ETL gives you way more superpowers, like loading all kinds of data you might have in your warehouse into Salesforce, Marketo, or anything like that, Pardot, whatever it is. And some companies are finally opening their eyes to understanding that their biggest company asset is their customer data. If you can harness that data and activate it and use it quickly, the faster and faster you can grow your business. While NIME has been helping companies build custom models and use their data warehouse data for a long time, reverse ETL is just a little bit newer for most people. So if you want to activate your data and you want to get it out of your warehouse and into other tools, just hit me up, dan at magal.io, and I'll teach you how to get it set up and what you should be using for your company. I was curious to hear more about Mario's thoughts on reverse ETL and its use cases. So let's get back to him and learn a little bit more. I think there is also, you know, the opportunity to be a little bit more efficient in the way you are you are dealing with your data strategy and the data volume. A lot of the data, a lot of the platform we're using, like amplitude segment, they charge you by volume. So if you can be efficient in the way you send the right data to the right platforms, I think you can also build a technology stack that is a little bit healthier and can easily scale from X to Z. Uh, so that's that's definitely a big one for me. And I think it's also something that other colleagues should look into. I love the idea of, you know, open the data environment to a bunch of different platforms. So how do you connect your world with the rest of the world? So to me, there is something there. And with reverse CDL, you can actually connect your company with a vendor that can actually enable a bunch of different use cases. So I love the direction. I, at the same time, I think that we should make sure that we build solutions that can be used by marketers, because of course, we don't want data engineers to waste their time on activating data. We want them to build the data infrastructure, right? And uh, create something that can really scale in real time. So I also like the model where we have less techie folks working on reverse CTL. So I really love the direction everything is going and I'm excited to see, you know, what is the next big thing on the horizon? Speaking of on the horizon, I'd love to look forward and kind of look at your stack today and what do you think is missing and what are you going to accomplish next? When you move into the marketing space and you really want to build the best of breed, 
with a best of breed methodology, you could end up in a space where there is a lot of complexity and a lot of tools that marketers will need access to. What we're trying to do now at FanDuel is really to invest a little bit more in orchestration and uh, campaign automation. Is there the possibility to give to marketing users access to one single platform where they can manage the campaign from end to end? So I think something that I would like to see evolving, at least in segment, and we have a lot of conversation about this with our friends at Twilio, is marketers are really familiar with the concept of campaigns. In segment, we have this concept of audience and pipelines. So how can we make these a little bit more, you know, marketer friendly so we can also spend more time thinking about campaigns and ROI by campaigns, which is probably our ultimate goal. Let's say, okay, can we run campaigns that have a positive impact on our organization? So definitely an opportunity there for both FanDuel to invest in the orchestration automation space, but also for companies like Twilio Segment to explore this space. And they know they're already doing a lot with Engage, uh, Twilio Engage and, and other solutions. So they're definitely moving in, into a space where we're really, that we're really excited about. I really appreciate Mario taking the time to speak with us. In his role, he has a lot on his plate. Every time I have a chance to speak with him, he's in a different location getting something done. But this is what I picked up from our conversation today. First, make sure you're on the real-time personalization train. Mario is using the segment CDP, Amplitude, Braze, and a couple other tools to power his real-time content cards to cut through the marketing noise. And he's able to reach people when they're active in the app, which is making it even more effective. If you want to make the most out of your efforts, you've got to get people when they're the most engaged. Second, notice how Mario is leveraging probability and reverse ETL. By doing that, you can activate data in your warehouse and build custom predictive models that help you make better decisions, which means you're going to make better actions for your customers. This can lead to more effective targeting and personalization that ultimately drives better results for your business. And last, Mario has a cool integration set up between Segment and AppsFlyer that allows FanDuel to use lifetime value projections in real time and adjust the level of investment in their customer acquisition on paid channels. By using this kind of strategy to identify high value customers, you're able to invest more efficiently in acquiring them and new users compared to not investing in users that are low value. This really is what helps them achieve their sustainable growth and be one of the fastest growing betting companies in the world. So that was our episode for today. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, remember to hit that subscribe button and please share your thoughts in the review. Gear up for some more wisdom on the way. We'll have more episodes soon. And I'm Dan McGaw. Catch you next time. Thanks.